Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. Well, if you popped out of your cave a few times in the past 18 months, you might have heard the marketing and media world stampeding towards the attention economy and how better metrics that capture, say, active consumer attention might improve business results, certainly in the case of Professor Karen Nelson-Field's work at Amplified Intelligence. It's been a long overdue rise to the top for something so fundamental to the industry, but outside broad intellectual agreement, what is actually happening on the street around attention and engagement? Westpac's head of brand and media, Jenny Malhewish, draws a good analogy, just like the work from Peter Field and Les Burnett around understanding the impact of long-term brand investment versus short-term customer conversion tactics took years of industry discussion before it really took hold. The attention economy is still building momentum. But are brands, agencies and media owners doing enough to make it really stick as a prevailing priority, certainly in the Australian market? Foxtel Media's Customer Engagement Director, Toby Dewar, fears all the productive industry debate around attention may just be that, debate, as deal negotiations begin between media and advertisers for 2022, in television at least. Toby says the risk is high will hit Groundhog Day again. That is, everything for next year could quickly revert to rate and CPM-led conversations. Now, galloping alongside the attention economy is also another big theme, the role of context and environments in advertising and media. Are brands genuinely focused on media channels and context before they start briefing their partners on creative campaigns and messaging? And is there enough connection between creative agencies and media owners? I'd say the answer is a blunt no, and I suspect Saatchi and Saatchi CEO Anthony Gregorio will agree. So if context and creative and media is a thing, and certainly Jenny Malhewish at Westpac thinks it is, there's a hell of a lot of work still to do on the measurement side. So to tackle these promising but still challenging developments in media and marketing are three execs I've mentioned to lay out where they see everything traveling right now and what it could or should look like in a year or two. So welcome Jenny Melhewish at Westpac, Toby Dewar at Foxtel Media and Anthony Gregorio from Saatchi and Saatchi. Jenny Melhewish, welcome to you and, and to you first, lucky you. Let's start with this attention economy stuff and attention metrics. I think you believe it's inevitable uh, attention will embed itself in marketing as a new marker for advertising effectiveness and ultimately business business impact, but there's a parallel here for getting broad industry acceptance similar to the work from Peter Field and Les Burnett on the long and short of it, i.e. it's about time, Jenny. Your thoughts on the attention and engagement. Where are we at from a big brand perspective? Welcome. Thanks, Paul. Hi, that's correct. I do believe in it. And I think if we think back to the time of the long and the short of it, it was foreign, um, but it was exciting. It took a leap of faith for brands to get on board and to help build case studies, which I think is where we are now. So we need the data and the metrics to believe in the argument, which deep down as marketers, we know it works. We just need to prove it and um, stop defaulting back to a CPM conversation, which is where we are where we currently are. And that's something that I think the industry and networks like Foxtel Media need to drive and own to provide a solution um, for us to buy into. So just on that, how are you sort of trying to shift 
the internals uh, and your own thinking around um, attention and engagement versus CPM and cost. We'll get to the creative stuff in a minute, but what, what are the what are the sort of the, the the tips you've got to trying to work through this? Because everyone talks about it and agrees with it, right, uh, rhetorically, uh, but it's hard to do. It is hard to do, and especially when um, a lot of the people we work with are rational, and actually we're all quite rational, and the CPM metric is a rational one. So we're actually doing some work or upcoming work that we're going to do with Toby actually and the Foxtel team to actually try and build some of those case studies so we can start to build a narrative around it because as a business we need to believe in the robustness of a metric and currently we don't have a robust metric but until we get there if we can show small signs of intent um, and signals on smaller campaigns that we are testing I think we can get early buying with little risk um, which is the work we're starting to do at the moment but you know it's always an uphill battle um, but we're looking forward to seeing how we can help change that dialogue as well. Just before we get to Toby, though, um, Jenny, we think about attention and engagement. When did it get on your radar and what sort of thinking went around that? Was it an intuitive, yes, this makes sense, but how do we make it work? Or was there, uh, let's just test this for a bit to see whether there's anything in it. Where, where was your initial position on this and how did it develop? Yeah, look, we've, we've always been um, believers of content and engagement strategies, actually, right back to the days when we did the uh, air rescue program with our chopper. Don't know if you guys remember that. I certainly do. Thank you. Well, that was, um, it was built for channel um, and it actually proved that branded content helps people understand our personality and the role we play in the community. So it started back there. And now as we see, um, audiences are getting more savvy and they want more information. So it's really important that we're starting to deliver um, the information, not just serving them up rates and offers and products and so on, so that we can take them along the buying journey. So we've been on it for a while now. It's just one of those things like the um, old long and short of it, we're really just starting to need to unpack the metrics so that we can drive it further and get more buying internally and across the industry. We'll come back to a couple of the points you made there, Jenny, but Toby Dewar, Foxtel Media is back in the attention economy too, but you've got at least some short-term concerns, right? Namely, the market will easily default to CPM and price-based deals and conversations, which has been, I guess, the case for about two and a half thousand years now in, in Australian media. Yeah, absolutely, Paul, and and, and thanks for, for the time this morning. Yeah, the, you're right. The reality is we need to unpick a lot of the way we currently trade and a lot of the conversations we've got, and that will take time. But equally, what we don't or what we can't afford is this conversation around engagement to also take time. So I do agree with that sort of comparison with the long and the short. That's something that we know is intuitively right, but it took those few brands and those few moments just to prove it and then get on with it, frankly. Mm. So whilst the whilst there's concern, there's there's high optimism too, Paul, and conversations we're having at the moment, be it with Jen or other brands, all lead towards clients wanting to understand and test more about how engagement applies to their planning and buying. So what we just don't want to see as we get through the the arm wrestles and the and no doubt the very you know, detailed conversations we have with our partners and agencies over the next few months that we park the conversation of engagement till 12 months. So success for us, or I guess to remove that concern, if you like, what are metrics or KPIs that we can put in contracts or deals over the next 12 months that allows us to understand the role of engagement and that allows us to move the conversation forward. So in 12 months time, 
it's a lot more natural, it's a lot more obvious and more broadly applied to how we go to market and and not just obviously sell our inventory and our products, but deliver results for brands as well. So what is what do those conversations look like uh, and the sort of the experimentation, I guess, or the or the, the, the things you're trialing there, Toby, and, and what is needed to challenge that conundrum of getting action rather than just a sort of an intellectual or a conceptual buy-in on the stuff? Measurement and experimentation, is that where you're headed at Foxtel Media? Is that the, is that the intent? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. So over the last six months, we've been doing a lot of our own work, if you like, to prove why Foxtel is different to our competitors to the market. And so we've done a lot of work to understand how's engagement different on our linear broadcast or our BVOD activity, whether that's against sport, news or lifestyle. So our view is before you can go to market and sort of thump the table and expect clients to buy to engagement, you need to be really clear on what's different about your network and what are the opportunities and what's frankly the proof that engagement can deliver better results for brands. And we've been able to prove that through engagement on our platform, it can deliver twice as much in terms of brand uplift and favorability. So that's what we've done, if you like, is our homework to bring that information to a client to be able to explain what engagement looks like when you consume different channels, different formats. So then the link to that, Paul, in terms of what we're doing in the chats with Jen at the moment around testing is Sure, we recognise that CPMs and rate, that's not going away. I'd be foolish to say it is. But having a level of knowledge about the Westpac metrics from a previous role, we know things like consideration or favourability, relevance are tested across those brands. And I think the opportunity to work with someone like Jen and with Ant and others is to get more access to those metrics applied to what we know and then just put in place some further testing, some further proof of how that starts to instill ways of working. So as I say, we are well down the path on engagement. We're ready to sort of engage those clients to then realise that into how we plan and negotiate and move it forward as well. So engagement versus uh, attention, uh, Toby, uh, can you frame um, sort of frame how you see them differently or are they one and the same? And are we talking here about your own metric or is there a universal measurement that, that will eventually emerge? How do you see all this um, sort of working at the moment? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Karen Nelson-Field, as you alluded to earlier, she's done a lot of the heavy lifting on instilling uh, you know, a CPM that has an overlay of engagement, right? So I know there's, there's various... Well, she talks about active attention, right? That's one of her things. Correct, right. And if you go back to when we first started buying sort of digital media, we had a CPM and then we started to overlay data. So we, we overlaid data and in that example, we applied a, a premium or a percentage that recognised the value of that data and that shifted the benchmark or shifted the rate that we were willing to pay because it was done on the premise that it was a more informed buy or a more effective buy. So for me, again, not, not to talk on Karen's behalf, but I think that's sort of the principles we need to take forward is What's the current CPM benchmark that we've got? How do you apply a percentage that acknowledges a greater sense of engagement that that buy can deliver to normalise again what CPMs could be moving forward? And I think as long as we've got the ability to test that against brand metrics or sales metrics, not just media metrics, then I think the conversation shifts. And I think we all win, frankly, because that allows us to better understand the value of, of our inventory but it means that we're actively putting forward 
an opportunity for clients to buy into environments that will allow them to move their product and grow their brand more freely. So I think that comes down to engagement. I do think they're the same, Paul, to answer that other point, but I do believe it's that overlay of engagement on current CPMs is the answer. Just quickly before I get back to uh, Jen and uh, and Anton, a couple of curlies, the, the formats and in, in environments um, around engagement that you're talking about at Foxtel Media, what are you thinking? Are there, are there formats and styles of or types of advertising as well as environments that are producing even differing levels of engagement even on the Foxtel Media platform or is it all similar? How, how, how are you breaking that down? Yeah, there's certainly, when you look at our sort of our quadrants, right, we've got news, lifestyle, drama and sport. And those different moments reflect different need states, whether that's people leaning into news or information on finance, or whether it's supporting the team that you're passionate about when it comes to rugby league, for example. So there are different ways into how people engage in that content. And, and it's in some respects, Paul, this isn't new news, right? That, that passion that people have, how people are more receptive to advertising environments that they're leaning into, it's not a new thing. But for us, we have done a lot of work to understand what message will best resonate in a news environment compared to a more engaging, more emotive drama environment. And therefore the ability to work with brands to smartly place ads around that, um, either from a brand perspective or from a retail perspective, becomes a really interesting conversation. And then you overlay different formats, you overlay on-demand versus linear. It becomes a really rich conversation and therefore, it's not one spot fits all, and not all sort of screens are created equal in that sense as well. Yeah, interesting. And I can't wait to hear uh, uh, Anthony Gregorio's uh, take on this. Uh, to Jenny first, though, in terms of this engagement uh, and attention metrics, um, Jen, what do you need to see to help the cause with probably your finance team above anything else to to, to prove um, what's going on? There's a bit of there's a bit of funnel stuff in there somewhere, right? In terms of the metrics and measure we need to see. Correct. Yeah, I touched on it a bit earlier. Um, back to the point of being mm. rational. I mean, look, we've taken our business on a journey with the long and the short of it. So there is appetite um, to try new things and get early buy-in. So from that perspective, um, we're quite clear. But so just to be clear, there, Jenny, the long and short's gone up the food chain with your executive team. It has actually, and hopefully you guys see that in our in our work. If you've seen our work, if right. we put it yeah, in the yeah, right yeah. media, um, but yeah, we're really starting to see our our brand shift from that perspective. But it's an always on game, Paul. You've got to keep educating because as soon as you know you're not necessarily getting the results one month, that you know questions mm-hmm. get asked. But in terms of this, I think you know it is quite similar. But to your point on funnel, we really need to see how this engagement and attention can move to consideration, which I think we'll be able to prove but it's going further down the funnel and showing conversion. That's really what people want to see. They want to know that when someone watches something, that that ultimately leads to a sale. And that's hard, right? Like that's, you know, forever going to be hard, but we're on the path. And like I said, if we can get more case studies and I suppose blow this up to be um, more known in the industry, then everyone's going to want to jump on board. And and we kind of know that when other people jump on board, others want to jump on too. So I have a bit of faith in that actually, a bit of a, a law of attraction piece there, um, but all, all worlds colliding. Um, I think, look, we've, we've got work to do, but I know we can get there with, with, with the testing and, and kind of unrisk testing really. So I'm just I'm fascinated in your view on this because it sort of perplexes me. I wouldn't say daily. That's saying I think too much about it, and I don't think that much, trust me. But it does perplex me uh, that, you know, we know intuitively and it makes sense that an impression isn't an impression uh, and an advertising unit 
they can be very different in, in terms of what they deliver. How what what do you think, Jen? Is the the biggest um, sort of reins that are put on the industry breaking out of what seems to be a very baseline common sense notion, but we can't get past it. Not dissimilar, by the way, to last click attribution because that's one of my favourite pets as well. Is how do we get there? But um, what is it about that that notion when we come when we in, in the end we come to uh, all impressions are equal and it's about price? How do we get there every time? Oh, look, I think it's back to the point of us being very rational. I mean, we're all in environments where every dollar that we spend, we're having to talk to what that's done for conversion. So I actually think we, we drive ourselves there. I actually think we, we lead ourselves down that path, sometimes more than, say, our finance teams might. Um, it's back to the point of, you know, being open-minded to know what's possible and what's there before it's even built. And until we start to see that coming through, we're naturally going to go there because for us, it's it's a very easy equation um, to understand. But I, I really do think we've got to start moving away from that. Us as marketers, like I said, we're forcing ourselves there and we've got to back away from it with the testing that we see other brands do. So it sounds simple, yeah. but I do believe that. So what do you make of this as a creative agency boss, uh, Anthony Gregorio? You've listened to the marketers and the media talking about engagement and attention and some you know new kind of content formats and creativity that's required. Um, what are you seeing the market? This is an old argument but it's got new skin, if you like, or, or does it? <laughs> well, no, no, it, it is an old argument. Um, and thankfully, you know, the work of um, Karen Esson Field and others, it means that it's getting more attention and, and, and hopefully we're working our way through it. But, I, my, you know, I agree very much with Toby and, and Jenny in that, you know, attention's crucial. Like, I, I, if we think about what attention is, it's about the act of directing the mind to listen, to see or understand, and, and ultimately as communication specialists, that's our objective. We need to get our consumers to understand, you know, see and listen, but importantly, understand the message that we're delivering to them. And engagement, um, there's lots of studies that show engagement drives attention. Um, and, and ultimately, attention is becoming an ever scarcer a, a commodity between it with consumers, and we're getting bombarded with so many messages. And so I, I always come back to one really simple point, which is if no one is paying attention, then it doesn't really matter how good your CPM is, it's, a waste, it's still a waste of money. And, and we need to get better at, as marketers, as agency people, um, to help the other people that we have to convince within our organisations that um, we need better metrics. And engagement and attention, attention metrics are crucial not just for success, but they actually drive lowest cost per effective communications. Um, and, and of course, we'll have impression measures and, um, and they'll, they'll never go away. But unless we start building the argument, understanding how important engagement and intention is, we're never really going to get um, to that nirvana where we can, um, where we can link that, th- those acts um, and th- that understanding to hopefully um, you know, successful business results. Yeah, so like Toby, like Toby and, and Jenny, then it's the measurement that's the is is where the where the magic's going to um, the catalyst is going to be. Or what are the resistance points in this uh, in this sort of discussion that you face uh, with clients and, and your peers? Uh, and or is there resistance? I don't know. I don't think there's resistance. I think I think there's just um, a lack of a universal acceptance around what are the correct measures and and what are we going to back ourselves with. Um, so you know, and and certainly you know. You know, with the work we do with Jenny and, and her teams, um, you know, it's 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 never about just pure, um, you know, 
impression measures. It's always about, you know, we, we try and imbue as much as possible understanding of the message, um, how it's being delivered, um, you know, a whole bunch of other measures. But ultimately, we're, we're still scratching around the edges. And I think we need to, we just need to get, everyone needs to get better. And I think the media owners um, play a massive role in that because I think if they want to do it, then then it'll become a lot easier for everyone else. And Toby, you do want to do it, right? That's 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 the big flag and uh, the flag at stake in the ground for you for, for you at Foxtel Media is you want to do this, right? Yeah, absolutely, because we know that it delivers a difference to brands and being commercial, like we all are in terms of wanting to build our business, we know that there's an opportunity for us to position ourselves differently in the market and start to separate away from whether it's a linear conversation on TV or other video players. So there is an opportunity to, as Ant says, just to start to make this a reality. There's, there's no resistance. What we recognise is we need to be able to give clients that first step to be able to do something and to test it and to prove it out. And I, I agree there needs to be a universal acceptance or a universal sort of currency at some point. But in the interim, as we work through that, we just want to be able to, from a Fox to a media side of things, just contribute to the chat and start to put in place examples of how it can be applied and how it can make a difference. And that will be our focus over the next six months. So, Jenny Malhirsch, what about this um, this other big theme that's circling the industry around creative and contextual environments? Again, it's been around for eons. Um, is there enough understanding and engagement from marketing teams that are connecting media networks and creative agencies better. What do you need to see uh, that advances that thinking and the application inside your business in terms of that that kind of connection of of creative and contextual environments? You, you're a you're a believer in that too, right? Yes, and this this one's really important. And even hearing Anne and Toby talk earlier about the importance of the metrics, I actually think we need to put as much pressure on the creative and the work that we produce. Um, I feel quite passionate about that. We need to default from, say, separate briefs and, in worst case, sometimes separate responses. I think that's not helpful for our outcomes or ultimately our customers. So what I mean by that is, look, we often ask agencies to stay in their swim lanes because, you know, that's their craft, that's what they do. But I do think we need to be a little bit more open to having solutions solved by experts in the channel. So for an example, you know, there's new streaming services offering new formats, we possibly need to give greater permission to creative agencies in particular to help shape those content strategies um, or even um, block your ears at, maybe even media owners helping find creative solutions to fill the opportunities that they have for sale. So there's always more work to do um, in this space, but I do feel, yeah, look, the metrics are really important, but you can't put, you can't be lazy and just put cut downs in, in all new formats and think it's going to work. So, um, which I find super exciting because there's, you know, always new creative ways to solve problems. So really important, that piece for me. does make it more complex and complicated to manage though, isn't it, when you've got multiple pieces to multiple channels and more expensive potentially? Potentially. But look, that's one of the the, the beauties of, you know, our, our new move to the publicist model is, you know, we've got media agencies, we've got creative agencies working under the one house. And so hopefully, Paul, they're the reasons that you do that. So those problems can go away because they can be more aligned and tighter in terms of the, the response to clients. So yes, it is more complex, but, you know, finding great solutions often is. So it, it'd be entirely remiss of me not to ask how is that new relationship going with the big 
publicist one format, right? So that's basically to for those that don't know, Westpac's gone with a sort of a, almost a one-stop sort of partner in media, creative, even digital. I think how long was a couple of months now? Is it three or four months? Five months? A bit longer than that. We we don't have all of our um, brands in there, but most of them we do. Look, it's it's been um, challenging because we we kicked off the pitch in the first round of COVID, and then we yes, right. transitioned at the start of COVID. Then we had some wonderful FaceTime together and really started to get the teams humming um, and now we're obviously back in this situation so look that's mm. just that's just been hard for everybody um, but we are starting to see the benefits like I said before the responses to briefs um, particularly feel a lot more in li- line and a lot more integrated um, but when the teams are in the office the beauty of you know running across the hallway solving a problem and being able to talk to the CEO of our media agency and really solve that you know as, as one response is really starting to see the fruition but we're absolutely looking forward to some more face-to-face time. Us, us that work in this industry need some lunches, Paul. It's, and it's not a bad argument. And I, and I think, you know, you're wading into dangerous territory there with work from home and remote working and, and the benefits of both. You know, it sort of gets us into a whole new conversation which we can't get to. Anthony Gregorio, what do you make of um, uh, both Jen and Toby's take on, you know, essentially, again, maybe creative, uh, the creative process needs to be brought forward. You, you've got some frustrations there, um, or if you don't, make some up for us. Yeah, look, you know, again, I think it is a bit of an age-old um, discussion, but I, I would, I would, you know, a couple of points. First of all, the importance of context has always been crucial and, and I think has always been, a, you know, the heart of, you know, good advertising um, because it, it's called relevance and, you know, ultimately for us, um, if you can, um, and it's also why we put a, you know, compelling human truth at the heart of an idea and I think if contextual circumstances... Um, particularly with an audience that we're targeting, is is crucial. And if you can get that right, if you can, you know, ensure that, you know, both sides of the equation are being discussed up front and being accommodated for in, in the in the context of a communications framework and the planning that you're doing, you're going to get a better result. You're going to get better campaign ideas and you're going to get better better results from the, the media that you're spending. So, you know, we're, we're big believers that that's crucial, and I think certainly this new model that um, that we've embarked on with uh, Westpac Group has has been incredible because we we get a deeper understanding of the intent of the consumer and the utility of the channel much earlier in the piece, and that's something that agencies used to have, right? Because we used to have media and creative together. We don't have that anymore, and haven't had that for decades. You didn't like each other much, but fair enough, it was together. Uh, some of my favourite people are media people. <laughs> Toby, Toby Deer included. Um, but, um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that's the piece that sort of faded out of, um, well, it never faded away, but it, it became um, something that we forgot about a little bit for a while. And now it's crucial again to, to achieve success. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're big believers in that. And I think the other thing that is crucial is that we are, you know, to Jen's point, you know, building stuff for channelers is, is you know, it's something that I think the industry has to do better at. You know, everyone does. Um, creative agencies, media agencies, media owners, building assets that uh, that truly resonate in the channel in which they're um, intended for um, is the sort of next phase that we all have to get incredibly sharp at. And and that's happening. You know, we're all we're all learning. We're all getting better at it. And and equally, there's a bunch of um, automation tools that are helping taking some of the cost 
and complexity out of the process. Well, I was just going to ask you that because, you know, to, to Jenny's point, can you really do as a, as a, as a creative agency, can you really do multi-channel bespoke creative uh, efficiently to the point where it still remains um, efficient and effective? Or is there a trade-off on, on, on effectiveness if you get to efficiency? It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it goes round and round this one, but what's your, your, your sense? I've seen some very, very good examples from um, elsewhere in the world, particularly in the group that I'm in and, you know, um, some of the clients that we have in the US where we have developed platform ideas that then get, um, that then automation used to, to drive bespoke personalization at scale. Is it, I, is it absolutely perfect? No, not yet, but it, it's driving incredible results and it is delivering, you know, um, you know nuanced messaging um, for a particular audience, and that's you know that that's where we've got to get to. Any, any examples come to mind there, Ant? Toyota, for example, um, and you know we we run a, a what's called a Team One model for Toyota in the US, where media and and creative are integrated. Yes, but across you know across a vast majority of their campaigns, we employ this model where we are doing thousands and thousands of. Um, um, different pieces of creative that go into a myriad of different channels um, to drive a better result. And, you know, we're we're doing, you know, we're taking those learnings and applying them to the work we're doing with Westpac and and Toyota locally. So Westpac's going to get into into cars at some point then. Is that the the tip? (laughs) Jen loves her cars. I keep trying to to sell her a Toyota, but she's not interested. (laughs) I didn't say I wasn't interested. The price has to be right. (laughs) What about a qualitative impression? But I won't go there. Toby, I'll leave that run right alone. That's right. Um, what's your thinking uh, on all this in terms of these? The, this we, we touched on it earlier, but the creative and the formats. Have you got some proof points? You've got some some examples. You've already been doing, I think, campaigns where there's been better context and it's worked. Can you point us to a couple of those? Yeah, I can. And the first thing we, we often talk about consumers being more cynical or they can spot bad advertising or poor placement from a mile away. I think on the flip side of that, they also recognise and they appreciate when it's done well Mm. and not that they're going to tell their friends or make a post, but maybe it's just a gentle nod on the couch as they see it. So I think there's those moments when you just find an environment that can help a message that people just go, I get it, and, and, and they appreciate it. And a couple of examples of that quickly, uh, again, using the permission to talk about other brands within the Saatchi Group, um, we've done some work with Arnott's where they launched a Krispy Kreme TV snack portfolio range. And, and naturally, it just took us to an opportunity with The Simpsons and using the iconic sort of mm. donut in those environments. Now, it's it's not necessarily groundbreaking in terms of the innovation necessarily, but a really simple insight executed well and then run across the platform with scale. For me, it's the really good discipline of finding those moments. And it sounds really obvious, but it's really hard often to find that obvious moment and to execute it, to get the alignment across all the different stakeholders, the approvals, the access to the IP and so on. But, you know, again, that for me is a moment where you go, it just makes sense and the results from that flowed. How did that come about? Was that a media-led idea, a media owner-led, media agency-led, creative? Where did it fit in? Because it's also Arnott's as part of Publis as well, so it's part of your group and as well, yeah? It was it was certainly a, a combined effort across the agencies and the media owner going through that. And credit to the agency of, of giving that brief and giving that sort of long lead time access to that product and the insights that went through that. So it was something mm. that we were able to take the time on. 
Um, but equally, there was a lot of alignment that we went internally and obviously with Fox and so forth to get access to that IP. So, yeah, it was everyone had a seat at the table that influenced the creative. The media agency really owned and drove that in particular. And uh, we certainly had some some smart people from our side making sure that we could find the moment, not overthink it or overdo it, um, but execute that very simply. And that ran across, uh, as I say, the, the, the Fox platform um, with great effect. I just want to jump in quickly to, to reinforce Toby's point. I, I, look, I think that's a, a, a you know very good example of where when a media owner has an incredible um, um, piece of content, as in The Simpsons, and we can find a relevant way to use it for a for a client, um, and and you know in this in this instance we did. Um, everyone wants to come to the table to drive that solution, you know, and I think that's the piece where where when we get when we talk about these things a bit earlier and a bit more upfront, we can create these campaigns that, you know, the, the, it doesn't have to be advertising, paid advertising. Of course, there was a paid advertising component to it, but it, it it's just about finding a deeper way to engage the audience because that piece is crucial to the success of, of the campaign and, and, you know, credit to... Um, you know, to Toby and the team at, at Foxtel because they really, you know, they jumped a bunch of hurdles to get that work up and, it, and it's been fantastic. I'm going to come back to Toby on some other case studies, but Jenny, when uh, we hear the notion from Toby about, you know, l- longer lead times, both Ant and Toby talking about the ability, that, that, that ability to have some um, some time to sort through this stuff, I hear so much uh, right through the food chain. You hear media owners um, getting their shits with media agencies because there's not enough time. You hear media agencies getting cranky with the clients because their, their brief is condensed. Is is that whole notion of uh, uh, from, a, from a client side, do you have the time and capability to to allow for that 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 time to brew this these more effective um, deeper uh, alliances and, and and programs together. What, what's your sense on the on the on the lead times there, Jen? Yeah, look, it, it's both. We need to be do, be both doing planned and and quick. Um, and we need to make time for it because we know the benefits. I mean, talking about a, a time one, Westpac's got an ownership with Business Weekend on Sky News and it's built for channel. It's a national program to engage businesses and in industry audiences um, to focus on what's important to them. I watch that, by the way. Tick. Yes, well, I used to be at kids' Please. soccer, but not now. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but stuff like that, I mean, it's going to take planning and it's going to take time. So you need to build that in upfront. And then there's going to be scenarios where an opportunity just arises to be completely contextual, but really fast. And I think you have to ladder behind both. Um, I was going to give an example before, purely because my mates here are talking about other networks and brands. I thought I would too. Um, (laughs) But um, (laughs) when we, uh, we, it it just kind of all the stars align, but um, about a year or two ago when Married at First site um, was was really airing, you know, quite a lot of, you know, couples separating and, you know, quite a huge amount of riffs on there. We took a punt and decided to air our separation ad. And that was a really big deal because mm. it, it wasn't built for that channel, but we knew that from an at- attention and engagement perspective of putting that piece of creative in such a polarising environment could have gone either way and yeah. um, came up trumps for us. Um, so that's an example of, I suppose, being ready to respond really quickly as opposed to, you know, building up the long term. So there's definitely room for both. I'd love to, um, not today, but I'd love to to hear how that internal conversation went with 
with across the, the across the group because I'd imagine the reputation and corporate affairs people would have positions that were different to marketing and that would have been a fascinating one to talk through at Christmas yes. lunch, Paul. We'll do that at yes, Christmas okay, lunch. Yes, we'll do that. T- Toby, do you have some other some other uh, case studies or, um, that you've been doing on on this front? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm glad uh, Jen mentioned the the, the business program, but I'll, I'll quickly touch on a Toyota one, which relates to a platform or a channel that we have on Ko that talks to their Gazoo Racing uh, team and the, that, that format. And and Ko as a platform allows us to show content that is obviously sport, as I'm sure you know. But in that instance, we've got the ability to run that series and to integrate really strong messages about Toyota when it comes to the technology, the performance. And for them, it's allowed uh, access to a completely new audience and to have a different conversation that is coupled with a lot of the community and brand work and, you know, the, the, the broader segments that they've got. So that sort of insight in relation to not necessarily a uh, the, the, the program as such, but it's the platform is the difference right. and the ability to offer up platforms and offer up the chance for clients, which there are many of who have their own content that they run internally or through other other YouTube or what have you, the ability to ingest that and run that in a, in a streaming sort of ecosystem um, with an, on a TV and all the rest of it to really engage audiences on that product. I think that's sort of the tipping point we're starting to get into as well. To Jen's point much earlier about the, the, the rescue series that uh, the rationale for doing the rescue series that um, they did, it was 10 episodes, I think, wasn't it? Or something like that. It was a couple of years uh, in there. Uh, oh, that's right. You would have been there at the time, Toby. Um, you, you also talk uh, about um, you know the, the new opportunities. Is that there's that more that there's that much more opportunity for content coming through with different platforms and new and new sort of channel mix, um, brand funded content. There's new opportunities there. Ant talked, uh, I think, on, in, in our in our earlier conversation about getting a a documentary or some sort of film up that took a long time, built it and then tried to sell it and eventually got carried by one of the networks. But you think there's more opportunity there for that stuff, uh, for Toby? Branded content and new formats. I haven't done the maths, but I, I often reflect on all the different streaming services, free to air, the different catch-up platforms, and the sheer number of minutes that people can watch any night, any day of the week. It's, it's quite extraordinary, but it is also a time of where television has never been better. And I think there's a couple of insights that fall out of that. Firstly, as a as a network of trying to create content and run that across Binge and Foxell and so forth, we need to lean into people like Anne and his team to understand insights and opportunities that can create more content to simply feel that demand, to feel that sort of hopper, if you like. And I think that's a really exciting opportunity because there's an element of sort of need for it. And the other part which is driving this opportunity is, and I use our rescue as the example, brilliant program, but when you've got to make 10 apps and it's got to be 43 minutes for the hour, it's got to run in peak and it's going to run once, there's a lot of, it's not risk in that, but there's a lot of effort made to run that once and then it sort of just just doesn't go anywhere and, and, and it can be really hard to meet a rigid format that is based on those minutes and based on that sort of stipulation and and creativity and the the way it's produced. So for us, whether it's three seconds, three minutes, three episodes or three days, we have the ability to then find environments to run that content. And I think the other sort of, so it's, it's the need for it, but it's the greater flexibility to change conventions of how it's produced and support 
uh, clients and agencies to then, you know, find homes for that and run that across an ecosystem like Foxtel or, you know, for that matter, any other streaming service. And that's music to your ears, but you've had frustration historically with this stuff, right? Media owners have been a little bit more protective of this stuff, but rightfully so in some ways. When you unleash you creative people, things can go really crazy. Yeah, I mean, when I say frustrations, you know... I was joking, by the way. Yeah, yeah, well... Mostly. I, I, I think that it's just that you know, we haven't done a lot of it. Historically, this this is relatively new, you know, branded content um, where, you know, the, the media owners um, are really, you know, not working in the usual way that they work to develop that content, but working with creative agency people who are also not necessarily um, experienced. You know, we're the masters at short-form content. Um, Long-form content is is, is is something, I think we, we come up with a lot of great ideas on it, but we're not necessarily the masters of exploding that out. Our writers and our creative people are much more focused on short-form. Um, and But I think the reality is when you get those two groups of people and you get a, a broader quality of thinking in play you come up with better better ideas and better better bits of content and so I think you know this is a an exciting place and I think you know definitely more media owners uh, are understanding the importance you know we've had um, huge success with with Foxtel and Foxtel Media who who I'd say would be at the forefront of it Channel 9 are improving in this space as well and you know that these are this is where it's you know I think you know smarter smarter thinking is going and it's going to drive better results for clients greater engagement means better attention different thinking different mindset for you though jenny and i guess it does come back to the metrics again because you want if you're going long form and different formats you've got to be able to try and prove again that uh, the, the 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 efficacy of the impact that that, that that they're having yeah correct look i think it's easier when you're if we talk about long form content it's easier when you you are producing something that at the core is aligned to your brand and your brand purpose. So that's where Air Rescue for us was a no-brainer. Um, the Westpac Chopper is such an iconic brand code mm. for us. Um, we don't even ask people to call it the Westpac Chopper, but every news outlet and everyone you meet on the street calls it that, and that's a marketer's dream. So if you can marry such an I- integral part of your brand into long-form content, it's it's much easier to sell in it and, and people believe in it customers as well and consumers they don't they, they don't see um anything but that kind of help rescue piece and they affiliate that to your brand so that was really powerful for us irony isn't it that you know the westpac chopper is is the long of it encapsulated in one whirly bird uh, for a long time and it's, it's exactly the long of it. it's sort of says it all it's um, i hadn't thought of it in that context yeah. great summary now we're going to wrap this up because it's been good conversation but we've got to finish these things sometimes um so i'm gonna i'm just gonna ask each of you the big watch outs for you personally and for the for the business the industry uh, for the next 12 months um so i'll start with uh, start with you jen um wh- what are the sort of the big tips for your peers in the industry on the, the, all these conversations we just had. Be brave, be open to um, waiting for the metrics to come to prove this new space we want to go into. Um, that's good for me, it's good for marketers, but it's good for the industry. So don't be closed-minded on that stuff. Um, I think we need to find faster ways to create digital content that respond to requirements. Gone are the days where you can just, you know, be lazy and do a cut down of a cut down. That's just got to stop. That's not going to be good for customers or us to prove it. Are you getting close to that? How close to that sort of nirvana or that achieving that? I, I think we are. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but um, we're very cautious now of, of, of kicking a brief over the fence that is very specific 
about starting from a TV perspective and doing a cut down like we actually want to build for channels. So um, we're really getting better at that and being less prescriptive, I hope, Ant, about where we want to go. Um, But, Paul, to my point, we need to respond really fast. So uh, contextual environments and um, being relevant mean turning things around quickly. And sometimes that's hard to do when, you know, we work in big organisations. So that's my watch out is be nimble and be quick. And the smaller players out there, you've probably got a bit of a head start on us. So go hard. Wow, there's a tip. Good stuff. Uh, Aunt Gregorio, your, your final thoughts. Watch outs. Yeah, well, like Jen, everything built for channel. I think that's the, the, the you know, the, the new sort of, um, you know, ground that we all have to sort of prepare and get better at. Um, and I think media and creative agencies realising that their success depends on each other and, 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 you know, working tighter together to deliver, a, you know, um, greater connection of ideas across the customer journey. And, I, you know, my last point is the one I sort of started with. If no one is paying attention to your message, then it doesn't really matter how good the media or buy is. Yeah, yeah. It says it all too, doesn't it? Toby Dewar, your final thoughts? Look, 2022 shaping as a phenomenal year. I think everyone's got the optimism and the belief that it will turn and the opportunity that brands have to grow and recover and so forth has been well told. So for us, we just believe that we've got an opportunity to play a big role in that. And I think the the watch out or the, or the concern is that we're obviously talking about it in 12 months time and that we haven't as a, as a media network and as a industry more broadly, um, help clients in the boardroom conversations or help agencies when it comes to setting up agreements for the next year that we're not really pushing hard on what engagement metrics can be and applying that and really pushing that conversation forward. So I think we need to, to continue or, or to start perhaps leading the conversation. And um, I think that's the measure of success when we catch up over lunch in 12 months' time. Yes, that, won't that be fun? Jenny Malhewis, Toby Dewar, Anthony Gregorio, great conversation. Thanks for joining. Stay safe until we can have that lunches, shall we say. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.